Good day, sir. Welcome to Political Football with Dave and Cleve. Glad to be here. How are you doing today? I'm good. I guess I'm a fucking Jets fan or I belong in that locker room or something. I just couldn't get your email right. Are you kidding me? <laughs> We've been doing this show only for like fucking eight weeks. That's okay. I mean, you know, everybody everybody loses it now and again except for the Steelers, so don't feel so bad. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe that they're undefeated, man. That That's insane. It's been a great week of football. I know that you, before we go into the uh, pro stuff, um, how was the college football this weekend? Oh, college football is great. You know, the uh, the Big Ten came back this last weekend. Yeah, I remember. And so did the Mountain West. So the Pac-12 comes back in a couple of weeks and everybody will be playing again. But the uh, um, college football this year has been crazy. You know, the, the you've seen higher scoring in the NFL because defenses really need time to practice and gel and communicate. Now the college level, it's even more pronounced. Um, yeah. We've seen Alabama give up 600 yards of offense in a game they won by two touchdowns. I mean, it's just been it's just been insane. Michigan got a good win over the uh, over the weekend, but more importantly, your Rutgers beat Michigan State. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. I, I they said like the first win since like forever. So, which means that Rutgers might win more games in the Big Ten this year than the Jets win. Yeah, I mean, we, we were saying that earlier this season that they should be teleported or jettisoned to like a, a conference and then get their asses kicked in there, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I should I should say for the listeners that uh, Cleve is from Jersey, but he's actually a fan of Miami, the U. So <laughs> I just tease about his Rutgers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, let's get started on some uh, on some pro games. Um, Let's go right into it. What was Thursday like? So Thursday night we had... An incredibly entertaining, terrible game. The Giants 21 at the Eagles 22. Uh, this game this game had a couple of interesting uh, things happen in it. But of course, the first thing I talk about is the uh, Danny Nichols tripping <laughs> over himself at the 20-yard line. He was by the ghost of Christmas past, bro. What the fuck? So, uh, Daniel Jones, the quarterback for the Giants, runs this read option. Uh, play that you commonly see uh, Lamar Jackson run and he breaks it like 80 yards wide open nobody's around him the plays play call was perfect and he's running and all of a sudden he just loses his balance at about the, the 20 yard line and stumbles and falls to 10 just un- yeah. like what yeah. oh. it, it kind of just sums up you know football for that area for this for this year but to his credit though I mean we've all anyone that's played football when when that happens and you don't and then then you actually realize that you're that like you're untouched and you're like going and you don't know what's behind you you kind of get ahead of yourself you want to score and you want to you know do that how many times have we seen a guy catch a pass and he's ready to make a football move before the pass is even secured it's kind of like that but to your point man it's like wow like really <laughs> really yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just so embarrassing. And so that leads me into uh, a, a bigger point that I want to make uh, in general. And I'll come back to more specific about this game. But Daniel Jones and Justin Herbert were drafted in the same position back-to-back years. Yeah. And, you know, Daniel Jones is Daniel Jones. And as we're going to talk about, Justin Herbert looks way better and so this is why, you know, it's common for teams to want to reach for a quarterback. You want to make sure you get your franchise guy or whatever. I'm not entirely sure that's correct. I think that you should wait until you can get a quarterback that you like and try to get through with the Teddy Bridgewaters and Tyrod Taylors and whatever of the world until that happens. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, um, Daniel Jones, Duke, and wasn't Herbert, Oregon? Yes, that's correct. Okay. So right there, <laughs> let's you know. 
what kind of quarterback caliber you're dealing with. And again, to Daniel Jones's credit, I'm not a, I'm not, you know, I'm not defending the guy to like the high heavens, but you know, he had no control of where he was picked. Right. And unfortunately, this is where he's at. Right. Yeah. No, the mistake is not on Daniel Jones's part. I mean, good, good for him. It's on the, it's a, it's a mistake of the Giants. You know, if they, the Giants now in the last few years have drafted a running back second, a quarterback six that was a reach, that's Daniel Jones, and Evan Ingram like 17th or something like that. So you've taken yeah. a running back, oh, drafted a quarterback and a tight end. And it's like if all three of those picks were just on the defense, <laughs> yeah. they'd be, they'd be, they'd be, they'd be much better. Different conversation today, my friend. Yes, um, they, they would be much better. They wouldn't have Saquon, but, you know, they could have gotten somebody in the third round or whatever. So, um, mm-hmm. so that's a bigger point for that. As far as this particular game goes, uh, Carson Wentz was the only NFL player on the field. Yeah, you know what? And now I have to give you your props, man, because you've been saying this for weeks now and you said in our preview show um I, i'm not convinced that he's the he's, he's the problem over there yeah i mean personally like i said i think he's the, i think it's the only good thing they have going yeah yeah i i actually think that peter peterman will be fired this year uh and it's kind of unfair because you know they're playing with you know four stringers so I actually I, I see where you're coming from with Peterson getting fired this year but I actually don't think so because I think the Eagles are going to win the division you know, I've, oh, I've been yeah, saying the Cowboys yeah. forever, but as we'll get to, I don't think the Cowboys are going to are going to do it. Um, you know, the Eagles now for sure have the best quarterback in the in the division um, with Andy Dalton going night night there. So they have the best quarterback. Uh, they played this game without Miles Sanders, who is a NFL caliber uh, running back. He was stuck on the bench behind Saquon in college and had one year in college, but he's he's fantastic. He's just hurt for a little bit. They'll get him back. So I actually think the Eagles are going to win this division, and I don't think that they'll fire Peterson because going into next year, they're probably the best team in the division again once they get healthy, yeah, give or take how else is their defense. So I actually think he'll he'll stick it out. Okay. Yep. Uh, the next game here, not a lot to say on this game. Uh, it was a fun one, though. The Panthers 24 at the Saints 27. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Saints played this game without Michael Thomas or Manny Sanders, and they still scored 27 points, and Alvin Kamara did not score a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah, so, so balanced. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Balanced. Yes. So they're, you know, that's the type of team that can definitely can definitely win when you have a good quarterback. Drew Brees is no longer great. He's just, you know, he's older now, but he's still good. Um and he's good enough and they're balanced enough. Their defense is just good enough and the NFC is not the strongest where they could they could make a bit of a difference uh down the stretch. Uh the Panthers uh, the Panthers actually have been pretty impressive this year and they're losing. They remind me a lot of the Dolphins last year. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. I could see Yeah, that. and I think that the Panthers are actually poised to replace the Buccaneers once Brady leaves in this division. And possibly the Saints once Drew Brees leaves, but the Saints are like, they're so talented. They just get another good quarterback in there and they'll keep going. But I think that once yeah. Brady leaves the Bucks, they're going to fall off a bit. And I think that the Panthers are in the position to, to take that spot over. Yeah. I agree with that. Definitely agree with that. Uh, the next one is a game for you. We have the Buffalo Bills, six field goals, 18 at the New York Jets, 10. Yeah. So Matt, so Matt texted me um, 
like I think it was halftime, going into halftime. He was like, he was like, hey man, I got to give him credit, and I just wrote a uh, four with the with the question mark. <laughs> And, you know, later on, he he's like, yeah, I see what you're saying. I was like, <laughs> did you think that we were going to win this game? You think we were going to win this game? I, I don't think no. so. So, yeah. 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 It's that bad. Yeah, no. The, the Jets were never a threat to win this game. And one thing that's interesting is that it's very frustrating when a team kicks uh, six field goals, especially if it's the team you root for. But in order to yeah. kick six field goals, means you have to be in field goal range six times. And it's actually unlucky to have to kick six field goals in that situation yeah. like you normally you get field goal range six times two of them are going to be touchdowns at least yeah exactly yeah so yeah. the bills actually dominated this game they just didn't convert the domination into points Into points. Uh, yeah. and, but if they but they can't do that against kansas city baltimore pittsburgh uh, the not. Raiders, no, no, <laughs> like, no you know, they'll, yeah, they'll no be way. in trouble there so this was a good game for them to have that have that sort of uh have that sort of situation, and I will say that the Jets actually tried in this game, which they did not last week, so that was good to see. Yeah. Uh, the next game was an incredible one. I cannot wait to get your opinion on this. We had the Browns 37 at the Bengals 34. Okay, so obviously, uh, Burrow is looking like Burrow, meaning he's a rookie, so he's, you know, he's doing what he can to, to play, and Obviously, we all and we all agree that he's you know he's on a team that's rebuilding. It's going to take quite some time. Uh, on the other side of that coin, and I'll get back to the Bengals in a second. The Browns. Um, I really don't know what that what this team is like. I don't really know uh, with the talent that they have. I see what you and Matt were saying last week, and you know what you were saying actually prior to that. Um, they're just snake bit. They're snake bit. Um, their record. They're they're actually not as good as their record is. Um, I would like to say, um, Baker. I don't know what I don't know what he is yet. It was year three for mm-hmm. Baker. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't know if he's. I can't say. I can't say that he doesn't belong in the league because he has moments and flashes of greatness. But some of the things that happen, and of course, Odell chasing down a, a pick and gets you know tears his, his, his ACL. I think he's. I think as a career, I think he's done. Um, I don't know what your take is on that. Um, that's a solid year out as anyone that watches football or knows football knows for a receiver to have an ACL. Um, and if he does come back, um, he will not be the same, you know. So not I'm not as I'm not as uh, bearish on Odell and his future. Um, I'm certainly not not a doctor. Could not even play one on TV. I'm that far removed from it. But Chris Mortensen <laughs> yeah. was saying uh, on ESPN that. Uh, Odell has a what's known as a clean ACL tear, which means that the damage in the knee is only the ACL. Uh, and he's going into surgery uh, this week. Also going to also okay. going into surgery this week though is Saquon Barkley because he didn't just tear his ACL; he had other damage as well. Other damage as so, well. Yeah. See, so what I was saying, and, and sorry, no, you're good. You. What I was saying about that is, um, as an athlete, the fearlessness um, may not be there. I think from a psychological. Uh, aspect and this also goes for for, our, for Saquon as well. You know these guys, you know, are invincible when they're when they're out there. You know the only person I've ever seen come back right away was Adrian Peterson, which is a mutant freak athlete. But so yeah, I'm not saying that his career is over, but I'm saying like we're, we've probably seen the last or the best of what he was, and obviously those years was as a New York Giant. Yeah, I mean, if 
I don't know. Like even if he if he loses explosiveness by ten percent, he can still outrun and out accelerate most people uh, to the end zone. So I actually, I mean, I I think he's gonna be I think he's gonna be fine when he comes back. And speaking of the fearlessness, Odell Beckham is crazy. Um, and I think it's in a good way. Like I I really like him. Um, but he's but he's insane. Um, so I don't know that like yes. If I tore my ACL, I'd be terrified every time I bumped into the desk that I was going to tear it again. He, he just yeah. might not even have that sort of mode, you know? So I think he might be okay there. Um, so okay. you mentioned in this game, too, uh, Joe Burrow looking like Joe Burrow. How many yards did Joe Burrow throw for in this game? Um, if I had mm-hmm. to guess, uh, under under four. He threw for 406 yards. On four, okay, on four seven yeah, attempts, to three touchdowns to one interception, and yeah. they didn't have Joe Mixon in this game. And Gio Bernard led him in rushing with thirty seven yards. And I think that the Bengals might have accidentally stumbled into something here, which is that without Joe mm-hmm. Mixon, they couldn't give Joe Mixon eight hundred carries in a losing effort. They had yeah, I passes. mean, yeah, I mean personnel. I mean, you you know you you and I have talked about this offline for years personnel groupings matter and you know sometimes you the back that you have in might not be the back that's suitable for the scheme um but yeah Joe <laughs> Joe's I mean if I'm a Bengals fan I'm happy with the pick I'm happy yes. with the pick that's all I got yeah say and I think that. I think that Joe Mixon is is a really good running back in that they should be using him but I think that they'd be better served having him be the change up and having Burrow in the passing yeah. game be the main focus. Exactly. Not the other yes, way around. Exactly. Um and the only other thing I want to say, uh, and this is for my Michigan and Michigan State listeners, is that the direct backup for Odell Beckham Jr. is a rookie named Donovan Peoples Jones from Michigan. And for us Lions fans, in the fifth round, the Lions drafted Quintess Cephas, a wide receiver out of Wisconsin, and passed on Donovan Peoples Jones, who caught the winning touchdown for Cleveland this week. Um, and I think that by the end of the season, I will be on this podcast tilting my face off that Donovan Peoples Jones is in Cleveland, and uh, we're stuck with Quintess Cephas on the on the Lions going forward. <laughs> I'm gonna hold you. Yeah, that. I mean, I I think I think that like by the end of this year. At the NFL is going to know who Don Peoples Jones is. Like, oh, he's the guy that came in for Odell. Yeah, he's really good. He's got something like it's going to be like that sort of thing. So, meanwhile, nobody will know who Quintessi this is. Um, <laughs> in fact, I could have just made that name up. You don't know. You guys passed on Randy Moss, bro. Seriously. Uh, yes. However, in the Lions' defense, we had to take a five foot eight cornerback instead. Great. Yes. That's awesome. Um, I'm not. I'm not mad about that at all. So, uh, the f- next game we have is, oh my goodness, uh, the Cowboys 3 at the Washington football team 25. Yeah, so, uh, going back to your earlier point about uh, this division being the Eagles, um, what I saw Sunday, man, they got some serious problems in Dallas. Um, first of all, n- now, I think you might have said this to me a year or two ago when Zeke was doing his holdout thing. Um, this is why these guys don't get paid and why people are hesitant to pay running backs because he's out there causing these guys to lose games. Like, he didn't... I'm not putting this mm-hmm. game on him, but I'm just putting, you know, the effort... At, okay, the quarterback's out, meaning you're you're dealing your second-string guy in there. Um, 
the running game is north of dog shit. And, you know, one of the things that disturbed me because I played football is the fact that someone takes a cheap shot. It's a cheap shot. It was a Bush League move. Uh, the guy should have got two games at least. I don't know what your take is on it. Should have got two games for that hit. Knocks your quarterback out, basically. No one standing out. The entire team standing right there. The offense standing right there. or And no defensive players charged the field to even defend Andy Dalton. It shows you that they're not playing for anybody, and they're definitely not playing for that fucking right. coach. So, yeah, Dallas got problems. Yeah, Dallas has really big problems. And I'm not typically like, uh, oh, people got to stand up and fight and, and whatever. I mean, like after Miles Garrett last year, yes, I think the Steelers should have cleared the bench. But, um, yeah, you know, and I think in this case, too, that everybody on the field was kind of shocked at the hit. But I do think that somebody, like some offensive lineman has to just tackle. Yeah, yeah. Go like off. you, you know. Push the guy at least yeah. something. Yeah, and you would, you think you you like want to, you know what I mean? Like you would think you'd have that instinct to, um, to want to do that. I do also agree that John Bostic should have been suspended for the hit. He was not, um, but yeah, Andy Dalton got absolutely destroyed. My note here is I have Dalton dead, so he's going to be out for a little yeah. bit. So we get Ben DiNucci going forward. And I watch all the college football. I can't tell you anything about yeah. Ben DiNucci except for the fact that James Madison at their level is really good. Wow. So, you, so you've never even heard uh, of this? No, no. I mean, all I know about him is quarterback and James Madison and James Madison at the FCS level. Like, they're always one of the better teams, right? They are an Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama of their division. But, but like, Man. that's... Um, uh, that's it. So yeah. So I don't know what they're going going to do there. The question is, do the Cowboys overpay for a loner QB for the rest of this season? Yeah, that's. A, I mean, but who's out there? I mean, who's who's on the street? Is it isn't the trade deadline coming up? Yeah, uh, election day. Weeks? Uh, election. Ne- okay, so that's yep, next the Tuesday. third. Okay. Um. So I think that they could get Matt Ryan, but they have to give up at least a first and a third, if not more than that. And is it worth it for the rest of the season? Can Ryan win you a Super Bowl? Because Dak can. So would you rather use those draft picks for with Dak in the future rather than um, to use, yeah. You know, now Ryan Fitzpatrick might be available. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna suggest that. Um but um and we'll we'll get to it when we get to the Dolphins. Um the thing about the Ryan Fitzpatrick uh Fitzpatrick trade. Sorry, I can't speak today. Um, is that you're gonna get a solid journey, a journeyman? You you know you know who you're getting. Exciting guy. When he's on, he's on. When he's off, he's off. Um, but if things go bad with Tua or Tua, God forbid, gets injured, then it's like you just traded away, you know, what you had in the uh, cupboard. So it's very hard to to justify well, that one. Because so I see what you're saying, but I think the Dolphins have the opposite issue of the Cowboys. If so, if they, so if they yeah. trade Fitzpatrick to the Cowboys and they're able to get like two seconds or something like that for him, any two or even does get hurt this year. Well, the Dolphins are winning the Super Bowl this year, so would you rather have whoever their third string quarterback is lose out the rest of the season but get additional picks for Tua going forward, or have Fitzpatrick True, but insurance you- for this season? But do you think Dallas is a contender enough to go to Super Bowl? Uh, I mean, it, it's it's so it's so hard what? to say. I mean, if you get Ryan Fitzpatrick on the Cowboys, 
I mean, what does he do? He just wings it around the field constantly, throwing it down the field. He's got Gallup, Amari, C.D. Lamb. They can run it with Zeke, you know. But Dallas's problem is their fucking defense, for one. Like, their defense is atrocious. They're giving up so many points and yards. It's like yo, you and I can, can get in there and 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 run rough shot. So I think the, I think that's the issue. Quarterback is probably the least of their concern. Not anymore because again, they, well, yeah, they can't you know they can't get a lot of stuff going. And I um I'm gonna agree with one of the talking heads on TV. I think that these guys don't want to play yeah. for McCarthy. I, I I don't think that they've they've dialed in or they've sold sold out for this guy at all i don't think that I, they believe it no i mean think? it's it's clear that they don't that they don't like mccarthy that you know they've leaked some things to the press or whatever that he's not good at his job they don't teach which is something that aaron Rodgers alluded to he would never come out and slightly say it but he would say things like mm-hmm. you know our guys aren't developing and they're not getting better that that sort of stuff i think that the cowboys if jerry jones had it in him McCarthy be a one-year coach, and they would go get the enemy, the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. I think the I think the problem with Dallas, bro, is that when it comes to the coaching thing, because of Jerry has to be involved. I think that it showed you when Parcells and Jimmy Johnson was there. Like they don't want someone that's going to get mm-hmm. all the credit for for the wins, because Jerry wants to say, "Well, I'm the GM, I'm the owner, I'm the guy, I'm, I brought the coach in, I'm the I'm the big winner here." Um, and I think McCarthy is a, a safe a safe bet that he's he's gonna go along and toe the company line. He's not gonna make waves or, or talk shit. You know, the guys that talked shit and made waves are gone. You know, they left. I mean, to leave after a Super Bowl, that's incredible. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's incredible to this day. I'm like, wow, you guys let this guy walk out of town because your your owner can check his ego. So with this McCarthy thing, we're, we're sitting it on play. I mean, we're sitting it unfold right now. And to your point, you know, Aaron Rodgers showed us the writing on the wall that this guy one dimensional, maybe, or as you said, he's a good coach for two. Right. I mean, he's, he, you know, he went to his football barn or whatever with his buddies and apparently broke down tape and saw how the game had passed them by and learned from it. But the truth is they really haven't like, it's the same, it's the same basic offense that they were running in, in green Bay. It's just the talent is a little bit better outside of the quarterback position. Um, the defense is terrible, but most importantly, the players just don't like don't like the coach. And you know, old school guys will be like, "Well, you get the coach, blah blah blah, and whatever." But that's back in the day. Coaches used to know the game a lot better than the players too, outside of like some of the elite quarterbacks and whatever. That's not true anymore. Like I trust Amari Cooper to know as much about offense as any offensive coordinator. And if Amari, and I'm not saying Amari is one of them, but I wouldn't be shocked if Amari is out here like. I don't like this guy because he doesn't know what he's talking about. Like Amari's probably right, and they really need to they really need to adjust to that. Um, I do have one final note on this game because I do, I want to talk about the team that won, <laughs> uh, which would be the Washington Football Team. Terry McLaurin is a legit number one alpha wide receiver. Like he is fantastic, and th- it yeah. sort of came out of nowhere because he was never the number one at Ohio State. There was always other people there. And so when he came into the league, I was like, well, this is going to be a little possession receiver, whatever. Like, this dude is amazing. And I cannot wait for, I I don't really like that team. So I would hope that he, like, leaves and goes somewhere else. But if they ever get a quarterback for him, he's going to put up uh, monster, monster numbers. 
Yep. Okay. Uh, yeah. The next the next uh, game that we have here, we have the Green Bay Packers 35, the Houston Texans 20. This game was was it, it was like the Packers were able to boa constrict the Texans, but in their Packers way, like the Steelers do it with defense and suffocate. The Packers are just like, here's another yeah. Aaron Rodgers pass. What are you going to do? Um, <laughs> Devontae Adams in this game, 13 catches, 196 yards and two touchdowns. Yes. He was a video game. He, I, I was like, is anyone <laughs> else going to play today? Yeah. I know. I literally. I was going to text you like, "What? what I like." Please tell me you have him. Uh, I did. I had him in cash games on DraftKings this week, so that was nice. Um, But my choice is between him and Tyler Lockett, so I wasn't losing. Um, uh, The the thing about the Packers is that they're actually a very concentrated offense, and this game actually reveals just how bad the Texans are. Devontae Adams, the number one receiver for, for Green Bay, thirteen one ninety six and two. The number two wide receiver for Green Bay had nine rushing yards. And that's his stat line. <laughs> um, so, like, against teams that, I don't know, can either take away or neutralize Devontae Adams or at least, I don't know, be near him sometimes. I'm not sure if this is going to work as uh, as well. But against the bad teams like the Texans, they're going to, the Packers are, are going to roll. Um, and their starting running back, who their lead running back, Aaron Jones, was, was hurt. And their backup running back is more Jamal Williams is more of a pass catching type, so they just kept throwing the entire game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, and then on the Texan side, uh, they're terrible, but Deshaun is good, and they'll they make a good hire. They'll be okay. But I think for the rest of this year, we won't be talking too much about the Texans. They kind of are what they are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we you know we've unfortunately. Um, the damage yep. was done to them yep. before this season, so it's, we're yep. just seeing the remnants um, of it. Now the next game, next game had some goodness in it. The Detroit Lions twenty three and the Falcons twenty two. Uh, any thoughts on Todd Gurley? Rats, rats. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, man? I <laughs> when I saw that and I saw him laying there, I was like, either his momentum took him in, or he just had like the biggest brain fart ever in a in a game. Because everyone knows in that in that situation, run along the sideline, do not fall down, do not get pushed into right. the end zone. A first down wins the game and a yeah. touchdown is bad in that situation. So here's the situation for the yeah. listeners in case they didn't see it. Um, oh, all the Lions fans certainly saw it. Uh, the Falcons were winning. They just needed another first down and they'd be able to, you know, take a knee, run out the clock and the game is over. They're at like the uh, 11-yard line. Uh, the five-yard line was a first down. Todd Gurley breaks through the middle. The Lions do the let him score defense because the Lions have to get the ball back to win. So they so Gurley runs through, and you can actually see it in his head. He's thinking, I shouldn't score here, but he's already at the two-yard line, and he's running full speed. He tries to like slow up and like plop over on his side, and he does, but because the Lions were running the let them score uh, defense, nobody touched him. And he just rolls in the end zone. Uh, yeah, breaks the yes. plane. And so then, uh, it gives the Lions a chance. They get the ball. Matt Stafford goes full Matt Stafford down the field. Last play of the game. The Lions, this is the most Lions thing. The Lions score a touchdown to tie the game with no time remaining on the clock. And then you kick an extra point to win. They get a celebration penalty on the touchdown, making the extra point a 56 <laughs> yard extra point to win the game. 
Oh, uh, luckily we have luckily we have yeah. Matt <laughs> You must have been losing your uh, mind as our kicker. Um, it's about the Lions. We always have good kickers. Um, but we get Matt Prater as our kicker. He drills the 56-yard extra point right down the middle to win the game. But it would be the most Lions thing to have this amazing comeback, get a penalty, miss the extra point, lose in overtime. Um, but yeah, so the Lions <laughs> come back and win. Uh, neither team looked really good in this game. Uh, it was the two of the games like really nobody deserved to win, so I'm glad the Lions snuck it out. This is the third game this year that the Falcons have lost with a 98% chance to win. They should change their name to the Atlanta We Give Up uh, yeah. Leagues. Listen, at this point, I don't know because the coach, Dan Quinn, is gone. First yeah, so it ain't So at this yeah, point, like the only thing I care about is that Matt Ryan and Julio Jones like don't go campaigning for Joe Biden right now. Like I know it's close in Georgia. And he could use the help, but I don't want any Falcons anywhere near Joe Biden. I do not want to blow any fourth quarter leads here. Just keep the Falcons away from the election. <laughs> like, like just, Good just, one, just stay That's away. Um, and you know, I think that the Lions, the Lions, like I said, their talent level is higher than their record is going to be because the coaching is so bad. I think this offseason that the Lions should actually go really hard after Juju Smith-Schuster, who will be a free agent and isn't really getting used in Pittsburgh. And I think that if the Lions had Juju and Galladay, that would actually be... Yes. He's a monster, bro. That dude... (laughs) Bro, like, I I was like... I'm watching this... I'm watching these catches and I'm like, holy shit. Like, how how is this team not great? Like, how is... You know... What's the what, like? What's the like? What am I missing? Like, what what am I not seeing? Because I yes. mean, he's he's yeah, amazing. he is an incredible he's, downfield downfield threat. He's actually got the intermediate stuff too. They just don't really run him with that as much because they've got uh, yeah. Dusty Amendola and they got their first round tight end TJ Hawkinson or whatever. But I think that the Lions' offense can still sort of be shut down because Galladay is the only real real threat. But adding somebody like Juju. And creates an underneath threat that really needs to be taken, that needs to be accounted for. And I would love to see yeah. something like that. Uh, the Lions now, they're probably going to win five to six games this year, which I really hope is not enough to keep mm-hmm. this coach around. Like, because because he's <laughs> he's he's there, he's going to be whatever restricts them. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, they could just flip rosters with the Ravens; they'd still only win six games. So. Um, really, I think that these wins are a testament to Matt Stafford, who almost led back to it when he gets the Bears, too, in week one, and they dropped the ball. Um, Matt Stafford is one of the mm-hmm. most clutch mm-hmm. quarterbacks in the league, and he doesn't get the credit for it because he has four comeback wins a year, and they lose the other 12 games. I can't believe after all these years, the zip on that ball. Well, yeah, he's only a year older than Cam. Like, he's not he's not that old. He's the same age as, as like, Tim Tebow would be. So it's not like he's he's over the hill it just seems like he's been around for like like forever yeah. like you know like how cam is like you feel like they've been in the league well, he like has ever, i mean so you know obama got inaugurated the first time january of 09 and then stafford got drafted april of 09 like you know that's how long it's been he has been around forever he's still only 31 yeah so or 32 yeah. or whatever say so he's wow. got three four more good years in him yeah, definitely good win. I mean, good good win for you guys. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I was and you. Galladay, Galladay is fun to watch. Uh, now, the next game was a game that actually mattered as far as, like, the season goes. The Steelers 27 and the mm-hmm. Titans 24. 
Yeah, they were they were eight in the <laughs> box on Mr. Henry, bro. <laughs> they weren't they weren't gonna play that game to get ran over. They were they were hitting him. Yeah, and it almost came back to bite him because AJ Brown had that catch and run of you know seventy five yards looking like Odell Beckham out there because they had so many uh so many <laughs> players in the box. But the Steelers are so good on defense that the Titans can't get can't get that play consistently and they can take away Derrick Henry. And I think this game this game was not close for a while. The Steelers were winning by a lot. The Titans mounted a, a comeback. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. They, 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 they rallied. They rallied. Yeah, I mean, they, they missed did. a field goal with time they expiring to, to to tie the game. But I don't think that these teams are that close. I think the Steelers are actually quite a bit better than the Titans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, um, I the one thing that. too about the Titans and them missing that field goal at the end of the game, the way the Titans play football, they they're going to be in close games. You know, they run the ball a ton. They kill clock. They play. You know, they try to play good defense. They're just going to be in close games. There is no excuse for them not having a top kicker. Like you need a really good kicker if that's a style you're going to play. Yeah, I mean they play like traditional, and I, I think that's a credit to their yeah. coach's DNA, Mike Vrabel. Um, I think you know it's, it's kind of like it's kind of like traditional, no flashy, kind of like just workhorse football. You know, all all three phases kind of firing. And, and that kind of deal. So, yeah, I think, you know, your coach does rub off. That's what I was trying to say about the Falcons is maybe uh, <laughs> the the damage was done so bad that, hey, traditionally, like, we need to blow a lead. Like, right. Hey, guys, don't forget we blow leads. So that's just right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think, you know, I just, you know, they signed Steven Gaskowski. I mean, they thought they were getting a good kicker. So I don't even, like, blame them for not trying. But Gaskowski is, he, he's just not what he was. And this is going to come back to bite the Titans mm-hmm. because they're they're not going to crush teams in the playoffs. Like you could see the Chiefs destroying anybody they play. You could see the Ravens destroying anybody mm-hmm. they play. The Titans are good enough to win the Super Bowl, but they will not crush anybody on their way to doing it. So the kicking game is going to be important. Yeah, I mean yep. it'll be exciting. It'll be yep. exciting. Last note on this game: the Steelers are now the only undefeated team in the NFL. I told you they were going to make some noise in the preview. You did, you did. I, I can roll tape, guys. I can roll tape. You know, he he had these, uh, the uh, next game the we out. have here was a game that was actually incredibly boring, despite all the points. The Buccaneers forty-five at the Raiders twenty and grew to bowl too. <laughs> so, uh, so here's a fun fact, guys. Sorry, I'm eating pizza, starving. Um, so Gruden is coaching against a team that he won a Super Bowl with. For a team that he lost the Super Bowl with <laughs> in uh in in this century right now. And uh Tom Brady, man, honestly, I think the Bucs are a complete squad. I think they're a complete squad. I mean, I know you're, you're gonna differ, but when they're they're on right now, that defense, the running game, and we'll talk about New England in a second. I'm I'm hoping. But it just shows you that if Tom, if they would have gave Tom some kind of weaponry, something, you know, he can make something happen because he's making these boys look like. Yeah, I mean, contenders. I think the Buccaneers are a good team as well. Their defense has not taken a step back. They lost Vita Vea, their uh, defensive tackle, um, which that, actually that tells you how good their defense is. I said Vita Vea, their defensive tackle. The other defensive tackle is in Dominican Sioux. <laughs> so that, that tells you sort of what they're what they're playing with here. Um, 
And then Brady, exactly. yeah, I, I, I think the Bucks are a complete team as well, and they can compete in the uh, in the NFC in the NFC for sure. I don't know about their ability to score lots of points quickly if they get to a situation like that, which I think explains why they're bringing in Antonio Brown. Yeah, that that's going to be interesting. Uh, what do you think? What do you think about bringing in a person because who is just? I mean, he's 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 a knucklehead is the easiest, like the nicest way to say it into a team that seems to be good already. Well, here's the thing, man, and um, we talked about this. You and I talked about this um, about piece of shit Ohio State. Sorry, guys. <laughs> when you know yeah. when you overlook bad behavior and you kind of just make excuses for winning, winning ways. Um, I can see that if he comes in there and stinks to join up, he won't be there long because they got him on the cheap anyway. And they don't have to play him. You know what I'm saying? Like they if he doesn't gel in or fit in with the guys, I could see him saying, Hey man, this is like a last stop thing for you. And if you don't want to play, then don't. But I, I just they can use him and hopefully two years away from football, he's uh, you know, he's got his his act right and, and he's and he's staying in shape because they can use he's still he's still a he's still a phenomenal football player. At least what we saw when we last saw him um in a Patriots uniform <laughs> on a what couple yeah. of sequences. But uh yeah, I, I just I don't think that um Arians is gonna mm-hmm. is, is Bruce Arians is the coach. Yeah, I don't I don't think that they're gonna have what happened in Oakland. I'm sorry, Las Vegas happen now. So, so a couple things we'll is see. that I Bruce Arians didn't make this decision. Tom Brady is the general manager of this team. Uh, and the reason <laughs> that, that Brady <laughs> Tony Brown to, Tampa, or to New England because Brady wanted him. And now he's in Tampa Bay because Brady wants him. You know, it just... um, Sorry, something interesting about the election on the news. Nothing important, though. Um, the... Mm-hmm. What is it about Tom Brady really wanting Antonio Brown? Like, does Tom Brady just not care? Because the thing about Antonio Brown this year is that him being a moron can actually destroy the entire team because the main thing you need to do is follow these protocols. And do you really trust Antonio Brown in his personal life with nobody around him to be following COVID-19 protocols in Florida? Shit, I didn't even I didn't even think that deep into it, right. man. So so now all of a sudden, yeah. you know, great Antonio Brown goes out to something stupid, and so you cut him. But oh, by the way, he affected the entire wide receiver room, and now you're leading your number one receiver is Justin Watson, your number two wide receiver is Cleve, because there's no, you know, everybody else is is out or whatever. So I I don't know that it's worth the risk to bring in to bring him in, like. Josh Gordon is already signed with Seattle, but to me, Josh Gordon would be a better risk to take if you felt you needed it. The other thing is that in this, the Bucks scored 45 points in this game. Mike Evans had two catches for 37 yards. Like maybe just use Mike Evans. <laughs> yeah, I mean a little bit. <laughs> um, you know, I, I <laughs> a little bit. I I don't get it. I kind of hope it backfires because I don't like Tom Brady. I don't like Florida. I don't like Antonio Brown. So I do like Bruce Arians, but I hope I just hope this all blows up in their uh in in their face. Um, I mean, I I'm you know I'm not I don't have a dog in the fight either way. I just like good football. Yes. And they're playing good enough football right now. At least right now, you know we're we're in the eight what, coming up. Yeah, what week eight now? So we'll see. Yeah, we'll you know we'll see what it looks. Like. Just to, so just to say something here, political guys. Um, so 
AB's back in the league. Josh Gordon's back in the league, right? And Des Bryant is back in the league. And Kaepernick is still sitting off somewhere fighting a good fight. I just don't understand, like, what you have to do. I mean, Josh Gordon, God bless his heart, man. Multiple situations where, I mean, I hope he's finally gotten some help because, you know, obviously he was suffering. Yes. You know, through some stuff. AB's behavior is just insane. And Des Bryant, I don't know what he did in Dallas. <laughs> but, um, you know, these guys are back in the league. But Kaepernick seems like, I mean, if anyone thinks he, Kaepernick can come back now, I mean, they're, I'm starting to believe it's it's too long. It's too long of a of a sit out now for, for so, anything. Yeah, but and I, I you know, I was thinking so. about saying this to the Cowboys. We talked about them a lot, but clearly that could be the move, right, for the Cowboys. Like, okay, well, that's why I said that. Like, like there's yeah. a need because so even because if, if you stay with Ben DiNucci and you're the Cowboys, you're going to lose. So bringing Kyle Kaepernick, you can't do worse. Mm-hmm. And you get everybody talking about you. You sell yeah. tickets. Jerry Jones can sort of try to position himself as not like this oil guy who doesn't care about people. You know, that's exactly what he is. Like to me, bringing in Kaepernick to the Cowboys is just an absolute no-brainer. But uh, Mike McCarthy probably never knew it. Yep. No, no. It's just, you know, I, I just kind of segue to that. Because I'm looking at people that have mm-hmm. troubled, like troubled situations and have been given a second chance. And, you know, for you taking a stand against something valid, not made up, it's enough to get you jettisoned from the league forever. Like, I just don't understand that part of, you know, part of it. And I, yeah, would ne- no, and I never I'm, will. I'm, I'm completely with you. So the next game we have on the list here, we have the Kansas City Chiefs 43 at the Broncos 16. So, Cleve, I have a question. <laughs> the Chiefs scored 43 points. Yeah. How many yards did Patrick Mahomes throw for? 200 on the dot. Like 200. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, it just to show you that I don't need to do shit, but just kind of like... Their the leading rusher had 46 yards. The leading yard from scrimmage player <laughs> was Nicole Hardman. This is a complete team... That is explosive. They got a, a kick return touchdown and a defensive touchdown, but that just goes to show just how complete this team is. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, every everybody. It was one of those games, like it was a snow game, which made it exciting. Uh, first snow game of the year, and it also it also showed you that. And I said this for the longest about what makes Patrick Mahomes different from a lot of these other guys. They are they're out there having fun playing football, like. You know, it's a job, yes. It's serious, yes. You know, wins and losses, yes. But they're they don't take things too light. Like if they're if he's not clicking, if he's not hitting his targets, he doesn't just beat himself up or sit on the bench sulking. He finds a way to. I, it's like Kobe. If Kobe's cold, right. I'm gonna keep shooting till I get hot. And that's what it is. Like they're they are they are dangerously like that's a dangerous situation to see that they don't have to have any really good personnel yep. in people that you don't even know yep absolutely and, and touchdowns you know i the broncos have a note here that they're just too hurt to really do much of anything um but it's still good to see the chiefs just absolutely destroy a team you know the bills didn't just destroy the jets right so uh the chiefs mm-hmm. 
you know, people are saying that, oh, is Pittsburgh the best team now because they're undefeated? Like, the Chiefs are the best team. Yeah. Oh, yep. yeah. Um, and doubt. so, yeah, I, I think <laughs> I think that they're that they're still, you know, the class, the class of the league. Uh, Le'Veon Bell did play in this game. Uh, he did not. He did not do very much, but he looked good when he got the ball. I'm pulling up his stats right here. Uh, he had six carries for 39 yards. Now, he had his first carry that he had. His first carry went for 16 yards. How many runs of 16 yards or more did he have as a Jet? Oh shit! You you, you did this to me. Come one. Weeks ago. Uh, so he matched three. it in his first carry with Kansas wow. City. So. Um, I want to say the first place I saw that was uh, <laughs> JJ Zacharyson on, on Twitter, I believe, was the first person I saw point that point that out. Um, so, yeah, the Chiefs are good. That's pretty much what we get from that game. Uh, the next game, really fun game. The Jacksonville Jaguars 29 and the Los Angeles Chargers 39. And uh, your boy, Justin Herbert, is the real deal. <laughs> He's sick. Yeah, his fucking arm. I mean, if I'm Tyrod, I'm like, yeah. Can, can I go to Dallas now to leave town? Um, <laughs> no, seriously, guys. I mean, if uh, if you're looking for a quarterback that looks to park, plays, you would have thought yes. that this guy's been yes. in the league like two years already. The way he's playing, the way he's playing, the, the command of the uh, the offense, his teammates trust him. Um, yeah, I, I was like, is this a rookie? Yeah, and the thing is, it. the Chargers Good now are him, two man. and Good four. For him. But their schedule has been brutal. I mean, he's had to play. He had to play Tom Brady. He had to play Patrick Mahomes. Like, oh yeah, yeah. He. Yeah. I mean, what a debut that you weren't. Yeah, yeah. Expecting I mean, to do so I have his year. stat line here. This is Justin Herbert's stat line from this game: twenty-seven of forty-three, three hundred and forty-seven yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. And he ran. He ran nine times for sixty-six <laughs> yeah, yards in a touchdown. Yes, I would say that's a solid day. That yes. was his first it, win, it right? His, it was his his uh, first his, win, right? his first win. Yeah, yeah, just just so good. And um, Adam Hurstad on Twitter, he's a he's a fantasy guy, but he like keeps these insane spreadsheets. Uh, and he made him going back to like Sonny Jurgensen or whatever. So I'm going to read you these stats that he has. Through, this is through first five NFL starts. This is the first player. This is Justin Herbert. 12 touchdowns, three picks, mm-hmm. 8.3 yards per attempt, 108 passer rating. Right. 12-3, 8.3, 108. Wow. This is another player. First five games. 12 <laughs> touchdowns, three picks, 8.1 yards per attempt, 105 rating. Dan Marino, Patrick Mahomes, yeah, Dan, holy shit, yeah, Are you serious? yeah. So like the wow. like when you really dig okay. down, like the more sort of advanced, like these super nerd types, they're they're really enamored with Herbert. And then for you know people who are just watching the games, he really looks the part. I mean, that is that's a good pick for them. He's he's good for the Chargers too. Oh, yeah. you get Philip Rivers for sixteen years and boom, string to Herbert. Good job. Um, uh, for the Jags in this game, I mean, they gave it a good effort. This game was tied at 29 at one point. They're just, they're not good enough against teams that are better than them. No, I mean, I, and I, I, I like Minshew, you know, I just, I don't know. It's just, I think you're, you're, you're rock solid with that. 
that point. Right, just exactly. Not enough to, to um, get into the next, stress. the next game here on the schedule is one that you wanted to talk about for sure. The 49ers thirty-three at the Patriots six. Okay, so here's the thing, man. Um, and I think we on this show probably about week two or three we talked about this, and I think you mentioned it's not sustainable how how they were going to use Cam. To the Patriots' credit, because I'm going to take a shit all over them. I wish Maddie was here today with us. So I'm going to take because I I you know. Winning is winning, losing, losing. I don't, I don't like Bill Belichick, so I have no dog in this fight. You know, they got hit with COVID scares, I think, three times this year, and that close up shop. Cam had, you know, COVID was was gone for two weeks. Uh, Edelman is a thousand years old. <laughs> uh, the running game is shit. The defense is shit. Uh, this is the first time in twenty something years, guys. I think two thousand and two was the last time they were in this type of position. And you know what? <laughs> Welcome to the fucking club that the Jets has been in. <laughs> that the Jets has been in. I have a key to the VIP if you want to follow me up the stairs to the Velvet Rope. You know, it, it, it's just... <laughs> fuck, fuck, the, fuck the fucking Patriots, man. You know what I'm saying? That's all, that's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. Like, we're we're in an alternate universe where I'm watching a, a NFL game and, this, and the World Series is on and I don't give a shit about either one of these games that I'm watching. But welcome to the club, guys. It just goes to show you, you got Tom Brady out of there, and now all of a sudden you're not in love with Cam anymore, but then get rid of him because you got him on the cheap. Some other team will take him. He's serviceable. He could probably be a good backup for someone, but you cannot put it all on his foot or his at his feet that you guys stink. <laughs> they suck. And great. Yeah, they so, um, good for them. so they've had some cracks for, for a while. That just basically having the best coach in the league and the best quarter, well, not the best, the most uh, achieved quarterback of all time, um, were able to paper over. But mm-hmm. their first-round draft pick skill position players have just not been good for years. Um, oh hang on God. one second here. I'm pulling it up uh, year by year. So, like, we have Inkill Harry, who was a couple years ago, right? He hasn't done anything at the wide receiver position. Um, so, yeah, so I got it here. We've got Inkill Harry, first round, 2019 wide receiver, bust, right? Uh, so far. 2018, Sony Michelle, first round running back. I mean, mm-hmm. is he even getting carries? Is he healthy? Does anybody know or care? Right. Um, as we go back here... <laughs> Second round, Jimmy Garoppolo, 2014. And so that's that's actually it for <laughs> first round skill position players going back to 2010. In 2010, they took Gronk in the second round. Is 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 that the moment where <laughs> where Belichick walks in the class office and just gives him that fucked up Belichick stare? Like, see, you told me to get him out of here. Because Tom, yeah, around, yeah. I mean, it's got to feel really top. good for uh, <laughs> Jimmy G to walk in there and just punk him, <laughs> punk him like Jimmy. that. But you know, the, the Patriots have not had a decent first round skill position pick in a decade. Like, wh- what did you think was? And now they can't move the ball. Like, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's what it's what you kind of have said for a very long time about how yeah, Belichick is the outlier here. 
that hasn't had to adapt. So, you know, they, they draft low, they trade low, they pay no one except for Tom Brady. Um, it's catching up to them now. Now they have to go back to the drawing board after forever. Right. You know, Bill's not going to coach another 20 years. You know, so yeah, so enjoy the fucking run, guys. You guys had a so great I'm not, run. I'm not ready to go it's that over. far yet. It's definitely over for this year. Um, uh, but but I think I think I think Cam Cam <laughs> is still good enough. He just like you said, he, he can't do it himself. Um, oh yeah, no, he can't. And and he's seeing Thomas right. probably sitting like, hey Cam, I told I fucking told you, right? Man. They have um, nothing. But the thing is, like, they will you. next year. You know, you could you could see them bringing in Juju and Julio Jones, right? Both in the same in the same off season. But that's if guys want to go there, man. That's that's if guys want to go there. If 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 some of the shines off those yeah, trophies, I mean, man, a lot of guys are like, ah, yeah, I can go elsewhere and and and, and get that. Like you know, you had Juju. Uh, going I, I wanted to go to the Lions. What team was it? Yeah. So yeah. So if I'm looking at Patriots, Lions, honestly, I would if I'll pick the Lions because I it's a better upside. I got a quarterback there that I yep. know that's going to get me the ball. Yeah. Like I, I said, I think, I think it's going to be Cam. I think Cam is, is going, is going to be going to be fine. there going forward, but he is not, you know, five years ago. Yeah. Cam could have just taken this thing on his back and ran for 1400 yards and squeaked out an eight and eight, but the team is awful. His, his ego. I mean, you could tell mm-hmm. that he, uh, I mean, obviously he had a bad game. Really? I mean, really bad game. Of bad games, but you know, for a guy who's used to winning and you know, on some level or even just competing, um, that was that was horrible, you know. And as, as and as I told Matt, it wasn't because he said, "Oh yeah, Cam's not." I'm like, it's not just Cam; the entire fucking team. Well, yeah. Like, don't well, don't is- blame Cam for it. <laughs> it's yeah. the team. We saw it last year with Brady. We saw it when Brady in last run. So. Don't act brand new, Boston fans, New England fans. Yep, act, and the thing, the thing too about this, this um, uh, this team is that they're in the same position as the Eagles, where their quarterback is really their only real player right now. The difference is the Eagles are all hurt, and they're going to get a lot of those players back next year. Uh, the Patriots do have some people who have opted out, but like Julian Edelman's not hurt. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, to the, yeah, to their credit, COVID really ravaged them. Yeah. Before the season yeah. started, not, I think. But nine also, I think guys those nine guys sort of knew, like, what's the point? <laughs> uh, and they're all sitting on a couple trophies, so you know yeah. they'll 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 take a year's vacation and not worry about the pandemic. Uh, I do want to talk about the 49ers a little bit. We mentioned Jimmy G coming back to New England for being forced into being traded away. Jimmy G was supposed to be the heir apparent to Tom Brady. Tom didn't like that. Forced Robert Kraft, American and Cheese guy who owns the team, to ship him away. So I know that felt good there. The 49ers, though, again, Debo Samuel and Jeff Wilson Jr. get hurt in this game. They just cannot stay healthy their entire team. Yeah, it's it, it's horrible, man. Like I, I mean, they're yeah, it's triage and so over there, um, is triage. Yeah, this game was just uh, it. It didn't really say that much about either team. I think it confirmed more that the Patriots are not good. And it confirmed that I said last week that the 49ers have good coaching, but I don't think the 49ers are going to like use this as a springboard into getting back in the playoff race or anything like that. Like I think they're still probably done, but it was a good it was a good win for them. No. Nah. Um, the next game that we have, mm-hmm. 
was the absolute best game of the week, which is saying something when the Lions won in the last play of the game. The Seattle Seahawks 34 at the Cardinals 37. Man, did we? <laughs> I um every time I see um Murray play, man, I I just I think back to all the stuff that was said to him and about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure some of it probably mm-hmm. got on their skin that he couldn't play yeah. in this league. And so um, I the, think he's um, doing all right. <laughs> Kyler Murray in this game, you know, he's. He, yeah, there's there's nobody else quite quite like him, and he hasn't put it together yet either. You know, he's still he's still developing. He's still yeah, absolutely. Well, that's what I said. Like like if there's any questions about right, and the question the, league, the question now is like, now. can he be Russ Wilson but faster? <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> God doesn't get a clean hit on him, man. I mean, it's amazing. Lamar Jackson. Amazing. So amazing. In this game, Kyler, 34 yeah. 48, 360 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. That right there is is enough. Yeah. However, he also added 14 carries for 67 yards and a touchdown. Played a complete yes. game. Played, he played, yeah, I mean, 14 out. carries for 67 out. yards and a touchdown is what I pray for every week for Adrian Peterson. You know, and Kyler's out here making it, making <laughs> it look easy. Um, the other side of the ball, Russell Wilson actually played really bad. He threw three interceptions, mm-hmm. and they still only lost by, by field goal in overtime. It, I mean, it, it, the level of opponent, obviously, um, Against anyone else, contention-wise? Uh, so, I help. think that the so, Cardinals are going to make the playoffs and be a factor. Yeah, because, I mean, really? so, with the Seahawks in the division, right? So, there's four division winners. So they need the wild cards. Well, behind the Packers, the NFC North, there's nobody. Certainly, the second-place team, the NFC East, isn't going to make it. So, you get the Saints behind the Bucks, and then you get the second-place team in the West behind Seattle. Why can't it be Arizona? Is it going to be the Rams? Is it going to be the 49ers? And there's actually three wildcard teams now. I think That's Arizona's true. in. I mean, um, and they're you know with Kyler and whatnot, they're gonna they're gonna be able to make some noise. They can certainly beat the Eagles or whoever. Um, but rest of this game throws three interceptions, and they still just about win this game. That really speaks to how good the Seahawks are. Um, and they'll be kicking themselves that they didn't that they didn't yeah. win this game. But I still think they're gonna end up with home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Anyhow, but we have to talk about. The most amazing play of the game was not even a scoring play. So the Seahawks were driving. They're at like the five-yard line of Arizona. And Russ throws a quick slant. Or no, uh, he throws a he throws a like running back flat route way too far to the inside. And Buda Baker, who is an all-pro safety for the Cardinals, picks the ball off running full speed. He intercepts the ball down the sideline and he's gone. And Cleve, what happened next? Uh, your boy, Mr. <laughs> Body of the uh, Century, bro, that was insane. Okay, he so runs DK Metcalf, so Buda Baker catches the ball <laughs> with his momentum already going towards the other direction, and he's got nobody in front of him. He's just straight down the sideline. DK Metcalf is running a curl in the middle of the end zone, sees this, takes off through the morass of linemen, and then Russ is in his way. He has to go around Russ Wilson. 
and he runs down Buda Baker at about the 10 yard line. Um Buda Baker on this on this play hit 20.5 miles per hour. It did and that ran him down. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I can only that is my that would have been my number one, but my my number one ever play like that is Larry Allen versus the Saints. I don't, know if you, I don't know how old you were when that happened. Yeah, the offensive line. You know who Larry Allen is because you're a football guy. Yeah, 300, yeah. whatever, pound, 320, whatever he was. Troy throws an interception. He's standing with Troy as the interception is thrown. Guy gets a, a good hook on it. Gone. He's down the sideline. Larry Allen takes off. Takes off and cl- the closing speed all in a great angle and takes the guy down. That is an incredible play in football because of what Dave just said. You're standing flat-footed because the play, you know, was pretty much like, okay, it's going the other way. Everyone else stops. But in football, that's still a play to be made. That's a touchdown saving, whatever you want to call it. That's amazing. I mean, I think it's my Yeah, I think his parents are track track athletes. His uncle is Eric Metcalf. (laughs) Yeah, so... (laughs) So yeah, it's it's in the guy's DNA. Like it's you know. So I'm not surprised that of all the guys that can make that play, um, right. I just didn't expect and, and that kind of top end speed after in in a game that you're playing, right. not coming out fresh. Like you you've been running up and down the field all fucking game, and then you got yeah. So and that the thing left too is that DK Metcalf for the listeners. Um, uh, if you haven't Google DK Metcalf shirtless, go ahead. Oh, if you're into that sort of thing, you'll like it. If you're not into that sort of <laughs> thing, you're still gonna like it. It's, it's, it's like it's like the rock, right? It's like people look like that. Um, but this huge man with that sort of top end speed, like he's a wide receiver. It's not fair. Scary. It's scary. Yeah, I mean, we see why these yeah. guys get why forty times matter, and, and and people for those who are casual fans of yes. the game. This is with equipment on. This is with shoulder pads, helmet, whatever else you got on. You're flying down the field. And again, I think the most impressive part is that you're in a game that you've been playing and running up and down the field, taking punishment. And you still kind of got that stuff yes. left in the tank to do. Yeah. Amazing. I am. That Amazing. play to me was inspiring. It was exciting. And it really showed, you know, remember earlier we were talking about DK Metcalf and he he caught the pass that should have been a touchdown and he slowed up and the player, uh, uh, Diggs, was able to yeah. knock the ball out for a minute, fumble to the back of the end zone. And at the time I said, what's so weird about that is that that's not yeah. who DK Metcalf is. This is a hard worker, 110% effort sort of guy. So I was just very happy to see him make this play. Mm-hmm. And sort of demonstrate to the world that he is like that. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it, it, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it definitely like I said, you've been selling me I had a I had the guy pecked wrong. I thought he was, you know, maybe overrated or whatever. But you you know, you squared me up and says, Hey man, listen, this is the guy. Keep watching. And I think you even sent me a highlight reel and I'm like, Okay, okay. I, I see yes. what it is. And I just want Amazing I just want to say man. again, I Amazing think I said play. it before. I wanna say it again. I'll say it in the future. Ole Miss had AJ Brown and Daycam Metcalf at the same time and had a losing record. Hey, that, that's uh, the SEC, bro. Yeah, <laughs> that's the SEC. 
that's well, it. Well, apparently, that's a pro because they made Dave Brown and <laughs> at the same time. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the so, talent that they get down um, there. So that's about it on that game. I mean, the game itself is exciting, back and forth. Uh, we haven't mentioned DeAndre Hopkins. Like, who is just absolutely, yeah. absolutely incredible. So, you know, both these teams are going to make the playoffs. I think they I think they play each other again this uh, this season as well. So, yeah, just, just an exciting game all the way around. And our final game this week uh, was the opposite. Uh, Monday night, we had the Bears 10 and the Rams 24. Uh, the first note I have on this game Jeez. is this game sucked. Yeah. Um. The only thing oh, yeah. really take away from this game is that oh, the yeah. Bears did kind of get exposed. Remember last week I asked you what the record was. It was five and one. Like they're they're not going to be yeah. that good. I said they want to make the playoffs, and they shouldn't. Like they're not they're not good. I mean that that linebacker. Co- I mean, uh, sorry. Uh, yes. Our defensive front was running yeah. that shot on those guys last night. <laughs> I don't think. Uh, I yeah, I mean, uh, Nick Foles was running for his life <laughs> all night long. Uh, the Bears just aren't, they just aren't that talented. The Rams, you know, this effort against the better team, they lose. So, you know, I didn't think there was much to take away from this game. Yeah. Um, the Rams do seem to have settled on Daryl Henderson as the running back. Uh, there was some question about what that was going to be or whatever, mm-hmm. not Cam Akers. It's going to be, it's going to be Henderson, which is good. And they're not going to be touches the dusty Malcolm Brown anymore, just sending downs on fire. So, so that's it for the for the games uh, this past week. I do want to take a look at the games coming up uh, next weekend. Let me pull it back up here. Mm-hmm. I know that. Yeah. So first, starting on the Thursday night game coming up here in a couple of days, it's Falcons at Panthers. Yeah. So I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna miss that one. There's word that CMC could come back. Christian McCaffrey could come back for this game. Um, that would make it a bit a bit more exciting and worth watching oh. because the Falcons cannot stop pass catching running backs and like their their scheme they just don't even try to do it. So McCaffrey could come back and put up Devontae Adams numbers. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, sorry, I have to go back to the Seahawks game. Sorry, um, I, we can't get away. We mentioned DK Metcalf. We cannot skip over Tyler Lockett yep. having 15 catches for 200 yards and three oh. touchdowns. Yeah, that was that was like a that was a video game stat. I, when I saw that, when I saw that on uh, on um, on game day, I was like, wait a minute, I'm like, wait, right. am I watching the right? Do they have the right yeah. graphic so, up? Yeah. So DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett combined for 16 catches for 214 yards and three touchdowns, and Lockett had 15 catches for 200 yards and three touchdowns. Um. So yeah, so I just want to make sure go out of order, but I wanted to make sure to get uh get Lockett just do there because that was. Yeah, yeah, fifteen catches for eight hundred yards. Oh, yeah, I think Arizona might have a leak That's they want insane. to plug. Um, a yeah. little bit. Yeah, uh, corners, are corners, corners are getting cooked. Packers get the Vikings at home. Uh oh no, oh no, Cleve. Jets are at the Chiefs. Oh, Jets Chiefs. Oh God, yeah, that's good. <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be. And Mahomes is thrown for under 300 yards, like three out of the last four games. You know he wants to get right. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He's good. Yeah, this yep. is a game. Like, oh, always, you know what? Let's, let's, uh, let's change that. <laughs> uh, my Lions host the Colts, which is very interesting because the Colts 
have a good record, but I don't think they're that good. And the Lions are like three and three now, and I think mm-hmm. that the talent's a little bit better than that. The Lions are a good have a good opportunity here to expose mm-hmm. the Colts. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not sold on. Well, I don't know how you feel about Rivers. I just, I don't know. I, I think that uh, late in the in the year, you know, week 13, 14, we'll see. You know who Rivers is. Um, I, I'm just not sold on them. Like, like their record. You know, yeah. watching them play in that record, it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it'll be close. It'll I, be I good. But there's a chance that the Lions win this game by 14, and the Colts are just like, finally, everybody's like, okay, well, they're. They're they're done. Uh, the biggest game of the week, as far as everything goes, Steelers at Ravens. Yeah. Oh man, that's always that's always a black and blue game. That's always a um, uh, no pun intended for the Ravens uh, uniform. Uh, that's usually a, usually a very defensive, at least back in the day. But now we're going to see some offensive fireworks. So. Yeah, that's um, going to be a yeah, good one. That's and a, that, that's one I'm either, either, and the thing too is that either the Steelers win, stay undefeated, take a two-game lead in the division, or the Ravens and the Steelers are tied, and the Ravens have a have a lead in the tiebreaker. So this game is huge for for playoff reasons. Uh, I, I think mm. actually you can even treat it as a playoff game, especially for the Ravens. I don't think the Ravens can lose this game because if they do, they won't get a home game in the playoffs. Mm. Well, yeah. So oh, they, yeah, because they, they changed the they changed well, they seating, finished right? second in their division. The Steelers get the wild card game at home. The Ravens have to go on the road. Then if the Ravens win. They have to go either to Pittsburgh or to yes, Kansas yeah. City or Buffalo. So, you know, I think that mm. this is actually a game the Ravens absolutely must win. Now that I think it through, uh, Tua will open at home against Aaron Donald. Good luck, young man. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, of all the um, speak. Let's take a sec. What do you uh, think of? I the think move? I think it makes a lot of sense because From, I think that they like, that Brian Flores sees the Patriots are not good. He sees themselves as a chance to make the playoffs, and that they're they are more likely to lose more games with Tua, but they're also more likely to win more games. Like if Tua comes in and he's Justin Herbert, that's better than Fitzpatrick, right? If he comes in and he's Baker Mayfield, that's worse than mm. Fitzpatrick, but, but better than Fitzpatrick and gets him in the playoffs. I, I, uh, yeah, I, I have a, I have a funny feeling that this ain't going to work out for him. Not, not from the physical. I just don't think. Um, I just, I, I just got a funny feeling about about his play and translating over to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we see Herbert, we seen Burrow. Um, I just, I just don't know. I, I, I really don't know. I mean, I, I, I too understand why the move was made, um, and when they, you know, when they would decide to to make it, um, it's just that I mean, and keeping keeping Fitzy kind of on the bench as a safety blanket in case things get. But I, I, I could see two or three really bad games, and then they're like, okay, yeah, I don't think that. I mean, I, hip peel a little bit. Tua is just too talented for that. Um, if he if he wasn't if he didn't have that car crash injury a year ago, he would have been starting already probably. I think his talent's going to transfer over just just fine. He is the most he is the closest comp to Russell Wilson since Russell Wilson. 
Yeah, I um, I, I, I always tell this to people. I, I showed up at an open tryout for a semi-pro team, right? And then you find out that everyone's all American. <laughs> like you show up, like you know, like okay, this ain't the SEC. This is this is the NFL, and you know, corners corners close a yeah. lot quicker than corners in Mississippi <laughs> or Ole Miss. They they close a lot a lot faster. So I don't, you know, I don't know if the lack of a of a preseason. You know, hurts this guy because I honestly think that you know seeing Herbert and seeing Burrow is a, a glimmer of hope that oh you know what preseason is really overrated because these guys are playing without a preseason and Herbert didn't right I mean, they were gonna go Mahomes with him they were gonna play him all year yeah so you know so hopefully you know to it can translate it but I mean I'm I'm not rooting against the guy but I just think. It sucks that you know, and it's the, it's the business of football. You know, hey, we got to see what we got. We we gave up a lot to get them, and and they're paying. Yeah, and you know, the they're Dolphins, paying the money. Dolphins, so the Dolphins have the Rams at home. I get it. And then they go on the road to Arizona, which you can throw the ball in Arizona. We just saw Tyler Lockett go fifteen for two hundred. Uh, and then and then they host Justin Herbert. So we'll get Herbert versus Tua in Week Ten. Oh now, oh yeah. Oh, so I think that this is actually a oh, good time a to treat. make. And then that's the, the Dolphins are at the Broncos in Week Eleven. So I. No, no. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's. I mean, I know why they made it at this juncture. Like this is, this is week. You know, week eight. You know, like this is this is probably the best time that they could do this. And it's you know, the weather hasn't gotten bad yet for most teams. So this is the, probably the best time yep. to, to oh. say, hey, you know what, let's do what Oh, we, we have a game that here. I don't think Matt's going to be too happy about, but the Bills host the Patriots. And the Bills have looked bad for three straight weeks, even yeah. though they beat the Jets this week. But if they win this game, that division is theirs. And they know it. They're going to be so fired up. I think they're going to yeah. beat the brakes off of New England. <laughs> I mean, I, I like I yeah, said. Yeah, I, I think I think they're like I don't think Cam's playing the fourth quarter in this one either. I think the Bills are going to absolutely ball the wood. Um, if if they bench him again, um, I guarantee next week he's on the training block. He's he's going to be going somewhere else, which will be a huge mistake. Yeah, and then uh, to close out our preview of next week, him. Uh, want to take a guess at the Sunday night game? Uh, whoever we whoever we talked about, um, Cowboys and Eagles, Green Bay. Yeah, so we get Ben DiNucci Cowboy. in prime time oh, against, wow. against Carson Wentz and his merry band of wow. uh, injured nobody. He should he should be able he should be able to go out there. He should be able to go out there and and like and and you know because he. I mean, the Eagles are he wounded, might run for so he yards. should be able to go out there and have some kind of showing. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah. I just so don't this think game, this Cowboys this game team has a chance to be good because either team is good. But if Ben DiNucci is like terrible, then this game will be terrible because the Eagles will win twenty-seven to three in a game where they just like completely just shut it down. The Monday night game is for sure going to be terrible, but as a New York Jets fan, you might get some some uh, kick out of this. Buccaneers at Giants. 
<laughs> oh man wow <laughs> okay yes yeah is it is it in is it in Meadowlands? yes and oh, so okay. wow so first of all we Tommy have three of the four down. nfc east teams in prime time this week which is just ridiculous like there's no fans just switch it like, <laughs> like they don't like, bro they don't know what's gonna happen yeah but they can like, just switch it now because there's no games, fans they have, they have no to change their plan so put two as debut on sunday night and put raven Steelers on monday night and stop messing around It's it's you know like like I said like the Thursday night games back in the like back in the when they first started them I was like why and then the Sunday nights except for one year was like okay these yeah. shit teams whatever so yeah I, I get yep it. and Make so that's the now, that's the preview for next week uh, one another thing for next week um podcast business here I think if we're able we should try to record on Monday uh, is on Tuesday. So people can okay. use it to listen to the podcast or stand in the line if they need yeah. to. Also on Tuesday, I like I won't be able to pay attention um, to to doing the podcast. <laughs> well, I, when I was looking, I was looking for this. No, I'll, just, I'll just be refreshing. I'm like, not opposed to doing it Monday. Vote counts in different off. counties in North Carolina, even though the polls aren't closed. It, it's just going to be a disaster on Tuesday. So, and given that the Monday night game is the Bucks going to destroy the giants like who cares so i think we should look at doing it uh next next <laughs> month yeah i'm i'm not opposed to it i'm not opposed to it so guys you know get out and vote obviously there is time if you if early voting is happening where you live go out and do it uh if it's not wait you know as soon as it they open go uh do not let the lines deter you please be safe and you know protect yourselves as you're doing it i've already voted so um you know exercise that right man people died for it you know people died whether you think it's important or not honor someone that got yeah absolutely and uh just as a quick you, you know um uh quick sort of thought on on next week i think that it's this week is going to be very stressful as we get closer the media is really going to be looking for stories of the race tightening and the race is going to tighten because they all do as you come closer to election day Mm -hmm. um but as you go through this week it's very important Mm -hmm. to keep in mind that joe biden is ahead and he's favored we're in the fourth quarter and he's got a sizable lead which is i made the joke about the falcons earlier so you know if it was a football game and you were your team was winning 31 to 10 in the fourth quarter and the other team scored to make it 31 to 17 you would not start panicking you wouldn't start shifting your strategy you wouldn't start thinking that the end was near like we have to go through we have to execute go vote you know do all the things that we need to do to make sure that we get across the finish line but there's no need to start full-on panicking uh now like there was in 2016. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's a completely different race uh, this time around, and I think the it's a completely uh, and not to you know sound sexist or whatever, but I I think the fact that uh, you had a, a not so strong female candidate that was perceived ahead uh, with the rhetoric that was being spewed, they, they you know they closed the gap on her. I think this time around it's a different ball game and. Um, We'll see. You know, we'll see. I just, I, I am, I'm numb right now. But I know Tuesday I'm going to be at a fever pitch, 
so I'll be working um, and hopefully like trying to avoid the news media I'll probably be doing something to not watch it and then hopefully like by midnight there's a winner but I know well, that it's we'll, not going to we'll, be just my personal film next you know, Monday we'll, I'll, I'll go through like certain things to look for things to watch for and stuff like that how you might know it's going to be on election night or which state can lead to what will mm-hmm. be in trouble and whatnot. I'll get more in depth for that next week I just think that for this last week of the election like anxiety is going to be high and it should be because it's so high stakes but this is not 2016 like, Biden has a substantial oh, yeah. lead late in the game no, his opponent no. is literally the Jets yeah like the Jets owner works for him. Like it's literally the Jets. Yeah. Their strategy is bad. He's got no closing message. Like it's yeah. not it's not it's not the same race. So be <laughs> anxious, but don't yeah. like you know, as it starts to if it starts to get a little closer, or whatever, it's it's not you know, it's not worth the mental anguish. Just get out and vote, get your friends out and vote, you know, try to it you know do do whatever you have to to try to convince somebody who might not want to vote to vote for joe biden somebody who might be on the fence to, if somebody's on the fence just convince them to not vote yeah, well see but here's the thing too like if even if you don't vote for joe you can vote for someone else well There's yeah the thing is is that whatever. people who are going to show up to, your vote. To, like don't, you know the, dislike of trump is such a huge motivation that that's why there's not a lot of undecided voters anymore like people are going to show up and vote against donald trump which means voting for joe biden yeah the thing is that there are people who really don't care one way or the yeah. other between trump or biden which it blows my mind but it's true if you come across somebody like that just try to convince yeah. them not to vote that's the thing to do right yeah, at all. Yeah, at all. Yeah, at all. Yeah. I, I just say exercise the right because um, oh. I'm a naturalized citizen. And yeah. It's one of the yeah. things that my parents were very excited about doing when they got here. But I know the history of, you know, what our ancestors went through, not being able to exercise this this right as a citizen. And, you know, um, but yeah, people that just just say, fuck it, I'm just going to fuck up the election by just doing something stupid. I'm right. like, if, if you, you know, know somebody if, voted if, for Trump if, if that's your thing, is like, well, I don't really like know. him, but, you know, I don't really like a lot of Biden's policy proposals or whatever. And, you know, I'm not saying like cut their break line so they can't go vote. I'm just saying like, try to like, just lean, like this is a person who's sort of apathetic politically, like by definition, <laughs> right? Because if you're, if you're apathetic, you will care strongly about one of these two people. So just lean into that and convince them to stay home. Yeah. Right. I think people should exercise the right to vote. Ideally, they want to go and vote for yeah. Joe Biden. Yeah. But somebody who isn't already like feeling strongly about it, but you think they lean towards Trump, get them to stay home. If you think they're leaning towards Biden, get them to go vote. You know, there's lots of different strategies to um uh to yeah. do here. So yeah, next week we'll mix in some like actual what to watch for on on Tuesday, like a viewing guide for how different different things could go. I just wanted the listeners to, you know. It's not 2016. Don't be freaking out or stressing as hard. You know, this it's it's going how we want it to go with a week to go. Yeah, exactly. Great point. Thank you guys as always for supporting and listening. We're getting great feedback. At least I get a lot of great feedback from my friends like to listen and they they love Dave. They love Maddie coming in here and there doing the show. So Thank you guys for giving us a voice on this platform. And again, go vote.